0: Nehemiah was a choice soul, a man of a brave public spirit, a man that spent his time, his strength, and his estate for the good and ease of his people. Moreover, saith he, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year, even unto the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that is twelve years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor, Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall, and all my servants were gathered hither unto the work. Moreover, there were at my table an hundred and fifty of the Jews and rulers, besides those that came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me, and once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required I not the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon the people. Think upon me, O my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah 5, verses 14-19 So Daniel was a man of brave public spirit. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful neither was there any fault or error found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Daniel 6, verses 4 and 5. Footnote. A certain great emperor coming into Egypt to show the zeal he had for the public good, saith to the Egyptians, Draw from me as from your river Nilus. The counselor saith, A statesman should be thus tripartite his will to God, his love to his master, his heart to his country, his secret to his friend, his time to business. And a footnote. Christ had a public spirit. He laid out himself and laid down himself for a public good. Oh, never leave looking and meditating upon these precious and sweet examples till your souls are quickened and raised up to act for the public good. More than for your own particular advantage, many heathens have been excellent at this. Footnote. Solomon's tribunal was overpropped with lions to show what spirit and mettle a magistrate should be made of. And a footnote. Macrobius writes of Augustus Caesar, in whose time Christ was born, that he carried such an entire and fatherly affection to the commonwealth that he called it his own daughter and therefore refused to be called the Lord or Master of his country, and would only be called Father of his country, because he governed it not by fear, but by love. The Senate and the people of Rome jointly saluting him by the name Father of his country. The people very much lamented his death using that speech, would he had never been born or never died. So Marcus Regulus, to save his country from ruin, exposed himself to the greatest sufferings that the malice and rage of his enemies could inflict. So Titus and Aristides and many others have been famous for their preferring the public good above their own advantage. My prayer is and shall be that all our rulers may be so spirited by God that they may be willing to be anything, to be nothing, to deny themselves and to trample their sinful selves under feet in order to the honor of God and the public good that so neither saints nor heathens may be witnesses against them in that day wherein the hearts and practices of all the rulers in the world shall be open and bare before him that judges the world in righteousness and judgment Remedy 6 The sixth remedy against this device of Satan is seriously to consider that self is a great hindrance to divine things Therefore, the prophets and apostles were usually carried out of themselves when they had the clearest, choicest, highest, and most glorious visions. Self-seeking blinds the soul that it cannot see a beauty in Christ, nor an excellency in holiness. It distempers the palate that a man cannot taste sweetness in the word of God, nor in the ways of God, nor in the society of the people of God. It shuts the hand against all the soul-enriching offers of Christ, It hardens the heart against all the knocks and entreaties of Christ. It makes the soul as an empty vine and as a barren wilderness. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit to himself. Hosea 10.1 There is nothing that speaks a man to be more empty and void of God, Christ and grace, than self-seeking. The Pharisees were great self-seekers and great undervaluers of Christ, his word and spirit. There is not a greater hindrance to all the duties of piety than self-seeking. Oh, this is that that keeps many a soul from looking after God and the precious things of eternity. They cannot wait on God, nor act for God, nor abide in those ways wherein they meet with God by reason of self. Self Self-seeking is that which puts many a man upon neglecting and slighting the things of his peace. Self-seekers will neither go into heaven themselves nor suffer others to enter that are ready to take the kingdom by violence, as you may see in the scribes and Pharisees. Oh, but a gracious spirit is acted quite other ways, as you may see in that sweet scripture, Canticles 7.13. At our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O beloved. All the church hath and is, is only for him. Let others bear fruit to themselves, and lay up for themselves, Gracious spirits will hide for Christ and lay up for Christ. Footnote. Self-seekers with Esau prefer a mess of pottage above their birthright, and with the men of Sechim esteem the bramble above the vine, the olive, and the fig tree. Yea, empty things above a full Christ, base things above a glorious Christ. The saint's motto is For thee, Lord, for thee, not unto us, O Lord. End of footnote. All the divine endeavors and productions of saints fall into God's bosom and empty themselves into His lap. As Christ lays up His merits for them, His graces for them, His comforts for them, His crown for them, so they lay up all their fruits and all their loves, all their graces and all their experiences and their services only for Him who is the soul of their comfort and the crown and top of all their royalty and glory. Device 2 by engaging them against the people of the Most High, against those that are his jewels, his pleasant portion, the delight of his eye, and the joy of his heart. Thus he drew Pharaoh to engage against the children of Israel, and that was his overthrow. Exodus 14. So he engaged Haman against the Jews, and so brought him to hang upon that gallows that he had made for Mordecai. Esther 7. So he engaged those princes, and presidents against Daniel which was the utter ruin of them and their relations Daniel 6 so in Revelation 20 verses 7 through 9 and when the thousand years are expired Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and he shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea and they went up upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from heaven and consumed them Remedy 1 The first remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that none have engaged against the saints but have been ruined by the God of saints Divine justice hath been too hard for all that have exposed and engaged against the saints as is evident in Saul, Pharaoh, and Haman he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Psalm 105, 15 When men of Balaam's spirits and principles have been engaged against the spirits, how hath the angel of the Lord met them in the way and jostled their bones against the wall? How hath he broke their necks and backs and by his drawn sword cut them off in the prime of their days and at the height of their sins? Footnote as they said once of the Grecians in the epigram, whom they thought invulnerable, we shoot at them, but they fall not down. We wound them and not kill them. The number of opposers makes the Christians' conquest the more illustrious, said Pedalurus in Erasmus. in the footnote. Ah, what a harvest hath hell had in our days of those who have engaged against the Lamb and those that are called, chosen, and faithful. Ah, how hath divine justice poured out their blood as water upon the ground! How hath he laid their honor and glory in the dust, who in the pride and madness of their hearts, said as Pharaoh, We will pursue, we will overtake, we will divide the spoil, our lusts shall be satisfied upon them. We will draw our sword, our hand shall destroy them. Exodus fifteen nine. In the things wherein they have spoken and done proudly, justice hath been above them. History abounds in nothing more than in instances of this kind. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell sometime every morning upon the following scriptures, wherein God hath engaged himself to stand by his people and for his people, and to make them victorious over the greatest and wisest of their enemies. Associate yourselves, saith the Lord by the prophet, O ye people, and ye shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye of our countries. Gird yourselves, and ye shall be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. Fear not, thou worm, Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small and shalt make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them and the wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them and thou shalt rejoice in the Lord and shalt glory in the Holy One of Israel. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now also many nations are gathered together against thee that say, Let her be defiled, and let her eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel. For he shall gather them as sheaves into the floor. Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion. I will make thy horn iron, and I will make thy hoof brass and thou shalt beat in pieces many people and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth behold I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem and in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that you cannot engage against the saints but you must engage against God himself by reason of that near and blessed union that is between God and them. You cannot be fighters against the saints but you will be found in the casting up of the account to be fighters against God himself. Footnote Acts 5.39 It seems to be drawn from the fable of the giants which were said to make war with the gods. And, a footnote. and what greater madness than for weakness itself to engage against an almighty strength? The near union that is between the Lord and believers is set forth by that near union that is between a husband and his wife. They too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones saith the Apostle Ephesians 5.32 This near union is set forth by that union that is between the head and the members which make up one body and by that union that is between the graft and the stalk which are made one by grafting The union between the Lord and the believer is so near that you cannot strike a believer but the Lord is sensible of it and takes it as done to himself Footnote. The soul's happiness consists not in anything but in its union with God, nor its misery lies not so much in anything as in its disunion from God. End of footnote. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Acts 9.4 And in all their afflictions he was afflicted. Isaiah 63.9 Ah, souls, who ever engaged against God and prospered? Whoever took up the sword against him, but perished by it. God can speak you to hell and nod you to hell at pleasure. It is your greatest concernment to lay down your weapons at his feet and to kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the midway. Psalm 2:12. Remedy four. The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that you are much engaged to the saints as instruments for the mercies that you do enjoy and for the preventing and removing of many a judgment that otherwise might have been your ruin before this day. Were it not for the saints' sake, God would quickly make the heavens to be as brass and the earth as iron. God would quickly strip thee of thy robes in glory and set thee upon the dunghill with Job. They are the props that bear the world from falling about thy ears and that keep the iron rod from breaking of thy bones. Therefore he said that he would destroy them Had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Psalm 106, verse 23 Ah, had not the saints many a time cast themselves into the breach between God's wrath and you, you had been cut off from the land of the living and had had your portion with those names that are written in the dust. Footnote He could have what he would of God, said one concerning Luther. Prayer is the gate of heaven, a key to let us into paradise. When the danger is over, the saint is forgotten, is a French proverb, and that which many saints in England have found by experience. End of footnote. Many a nation, many a family, is surrounded with blessings for the Joseph's sakes that live therein, and are preserved from many calamities and miseries for the Moses, the Daniels, the Noahs, and the Job's sakes that dwell amongst them. That is a sweet word, Proverbs 10.25, As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation, or is the foundation of the world. The righteous is the foundation of the world, which but for their sakes would soon shatter and fall to ruin. So the psalmist, in Psalm 75, verse 3, The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Sela. The emperor, Marcus Antonius, being in Germany with his army, was enclosed in a dry country by his enemies, who so stopped all the passages that he and his army were like to perish for want of water. The emperor's lieutenant, seeing him so distressed, told him that he had heard that Christians could obtain anything of their God by their prayers. Whereupon the emperor, having a legion of Christians in his army, desired them to pray to their God for his and the army's delivery out of that danger, which they presently did, and presently a great thunder fell amongst the enemies and abundance of water upon the Romans, whereby their thirst was quenched and the enemies overthrown without any fight. Footnote Mary, Queen of Scots, that was mother to King James I, was wont to say that she feared Knox's prayers more than an army of ten thousand men. In footnote, I shall close up this last remedy with those sweet words of the psalmist: In Judah is God known; His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is His tabernacle and His dwelling place in Zion. There break He the arrows of the bow, the shield, and the sword and the battle. Selah. Psalm seventy-six, verses one through three. Two, device against the learned and the wise. Secondly, Satan hath his devices to ensnare and destroy the learned and the wise, and that sometimes by working them to pride themselves in their parts and abilities, and sometimes by drawing them to rest upon their parts and abilities, and sometimes by causing them to make light and slight of those that want their parts and abilities, though they excel them in grace and holiness. And sometimes by drawing them to engage their parts and abilities in those ways and things, that make against the honor of Christ, the joy of the Spirit, the advancement of the gospel, and the liberty of the saints. Footnote. The truth of this you may see in the learned scribes and Pharisees. End of footnote. Remedy 1. The first remedy against this device of Satan is seriously to consider that you have nothing but what you have received, Christ being as well the fountain of common gifts as of saving grace. What hast thou, saith the Apostle, that thou hast not received? And if thou hast received it, why dost thou glory as though thou hadst not received it? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Footnote. Whatsoever thou art, thou owest to him that made thee, and whatsoever thou hast, thou owest to him that redeemed thee. Bernard. End the footnote. There are those that would hammer out their own happiness, like the spider climbing up the thread, of her own weaving. Of all the parts and abilities that be in you, you may well say, as the young man did of his hatchet, Ah, master, but it was borrowed. 2 Kings 6, five. Alas, Lord, all I have is but borrowed from that fountain that fills all the vessels in heaven and on earth, and it overflows. My gifts are not so much mine as thine. Of thine own have we offered unto thee, said that princely prophet, in First Chronicles 29, verse 14. Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that men's learning and trusting to their own wits, parts, and abilities have been their utter overthrow and ruin, as you may see in Ahithophel and those presidents and princes that engaged against Daniel and in the scribes and Pharisees. God loves to confute men in their confidences footnote general counsels were seldom successful because men came with confidence leaning to their own understanding and seeking for victory rather than verity, saith one end of footnote he that stands upon his parts and abilities doth but stand upon a quicksand that will certainly fail him there is nothing in the world that provokes God more to withdraw from the soul than this and how can the soul stand when his strength is departed from him Everything that a man leans upon but God will be a dart that will certainly pierce his heart through and through. Oh, how many in these days have lost their estates, their friends, their lives, their souls by leaning upon their admired parts and abilities. The saints are described by their leaning upon their beloved, the Lord Jesus. Canticles 8.5 He that leans only upon the bosom of Christ lives the highest, choicest, safest, and sweetest life. Miseries always lie at that man's door that leans upon anything below the precious bosom of Christ. Such a man is most in danger, and this is none of his least plagues that he thinks himself secure. It is the greatest wisdom in the world to take the wise man's counsel. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. Proverbs 3.5 Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that you do not transcend others more in parts and abilities than they do you in grace and holiness. There may be, and often is, great parts and abilities where there is but little grace, yea, no grace. And there may be, and often is, a great deal of grace where there is but weak parts and abilities. Footnote Judas and the scribes and Pharisees had great parts, but no grace. The disciples had grace, but weak parts. In the footnote. You may be higher than others in gifts of knowledge, utterance, and learning, and those very souls may be higher than you in their communion with God, in their delighting in God, in their dependence upon God, in their affections to God, and in their humble, holy, and unblameable walking before God. It is folly and madness in a man to make light and slight of another because he is not so rich in lead or iron as he, when he is a thousand times richer in silver and gold, in jewels and in pearls, than he. And is it not madness and folly with a witness in those that have greater parts and abilities than others to slight them upon that account, when that those very persons that they make light and slight of have a thousand times more grace than they? And yet, ah, how doth this evil spirit prevail in the world! It was the sad complaint of Augustine in his time. The unlearned, saith he, rise up and take heaven by violence, and we with all our learning are thrust down to hell. It is sad to see how many of the rabbis of these times do make an idol of their parts and abilities, and with what an eye of pride, scorn, and contempt do they look upon those that want their parts, and that do not worship the idol that they have set up in their own hearts. Paul, who was the great doctor of the Gentiles, did wonderfully transcend in all parts and abilities the doctors and rabbis of our times. And yet ah oh, how humbly, how tenderly, how sweetly doth he carry himself towards the meanest and the weakest. To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. First Corinthians nine twenty two Who is weak and I am not weak, who is offended and I burn not, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. 1 Corinthians 8.13 But ah, how little of this sweet spirit is to be found in the doctors of our age, who look sourly and speak bitterly against those that do not see as they see, nor speak as they speak. Sirs, the spirit of the Lord, even in despised saints, will be too hard for you, and his appearance in them in these latter days will be so full of spiritual beauty and glory as that they will darken that that you are too apt to count and call your glory. The Spirit of the Lord will not suffer his choicest jewel grace to be always buried under the straw and stubble of parts and gifts. Isaiah 60 verses 13 through 17. Remedy 4 The fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to consider that there is no such way for men to have their gifts and parts blasted and withered as to pride themselves in them, as to rest upon them, as to make light and slight of those that want them, as to engage them against those persons, ways, and things that Jesus Christ hath set his heart upon. Ah, how hath God blasted and withered the parts and abilities of many among us that have once been famous shining lights. Footnote. Beckhamus saith that the tree of knowledge bears many leaves and little fruit. Ah, that it were not so with many in these days who once did outshine the stars. in the footnote. How is their sun darkened and their glory clouded? How is the sword of the Lord upon their arm and upon their right eye? How is their arm clean dried up and their right eye utterly darkened? As the prophet speaks, Zechariah 11:17. This is matter of humiliation and lamentation. Many precious discerning saints do see this and in secret mourn for it, and, oh, that they were kindly sensible of God's withdrawing from them, that they may repent, keep humble, and carry it sweetly towards God's jewels, and lean only upon the Lord, and not upon their parts in understanding, that so the Lord may delight to visit them with his grace at such a rate, as that their faces may shine more gloriously than ever and that they may be more serviceable to the honor of Christ and the faith of the saints than formerly they have been. 3. Device Against the Saints Thirdly, Satan hath his devices to destroy the saints, and one great device that he hath to destroy the saints is by working them first to be strange, and then to divide, and then to be bitter and jealous, and then to bite and devour one another. Galatians 5.15 Our own woeful experience is too great a proof of this. The Israelites in Egypt did not more vex one another than Christians in these days have done, which occasioned a deadly consumption to fall upon some. Footnote If we knock, we break. Disillusion is the daughter of dissension. End of footnote. Remedy 1 The first remedy against this device of Satan is to draw more upon one another's graces than upon one another's weaknesses and infirmities it is sad to consider that saints should have many eyes to behold one another's infirmities and not one eye to see each other's graces that they should use spectacles to behold one another's weaknesses rather than looking glasses to behold one another's graces footnote Flavius Vespasian, the emperor was more ready to conceal the vices of his friends than their virtues Can you think seriously of this, Christians, that a heathen should excel you and not blush? End of footnote. Erasmus tells of one who collected all the lame and defective verses in Homer's works but passed over all that was excellent. Ah, that this were not the practice of many that shall at last meet in heaven, that they were not careful and skillful to collect all the weaknesses of others and to pass over all those things that are excellent in them. The Corinthians did I more the incestuous person's sin than his sorrow, which was like to have drowned him in sorrow. Tell me, saints, is it not a more sweet, comfortable, and delightful thing to look more upon one another's graces than upon one another's infirmities? Tell me what pleasure, what delight, what comfort is there in looking upon the enemies, the wounds, the sores, the sickness, the diseases, the nakedness of our friends. Now sin, you know, is the soul's enemy, the soul's wound, the soul's sores, the soul's sickness, the soul's disease, the soul's nakedness. And ah, what a heart hath that man that loves thus to look. Grace is the choicest flower in all a Christian's garden. It is the richest jewel in all his crown. It is his princely robes. It is the top of royalty, and therefore must needs be the most pleasing sweet and delightful object for a gracious eye to be fixed upon. Sin is darkness, grace is light. Sin is hell, grace is heaven. And what madness is it to look more at darkness than at light, more at hell than at heaven? Footnote. Not race or place, but grace truly sets forth a man. End of footnote. Tell me, saints, doth not God look more upon his people's graces than upon their weaknesses? Surely he doth. He looks more at David's and Asaph's uprightness than upon their infirmities, though they were great in many. He eyes more Job's patience than his passion. Remember the patience of Job, not a word of his impatience. James 5.11 He that drew Alexander while he had a scar upon his face drew him with his finger upon the scar. God puts his fingers upon his people's scars that no blemish may appear. Ah, saints, that you would make it the top of your glory in this to be like your heavenly Father. By so doing, much sin would be prevented, the designs of wicked men frustrated, Satan outwitted, many wounds healed, and many hearts cheered, and God more abundantly honored. Footnote. Sin is Satan's works. Grace is God's work. And is it not most meet that the child should eye most and mind most his father's work Remedy 2 The second remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that love and union makes most for your own safety and security We shall be invincible if we be inseparable The world may frown upon you and plot against you but they cannot hurt you Unity is the best bond of safety in every church and commonwealth Footnote there was a temple of concord amongst the heathens, and shall it not be found among Christians that are temples of the Holy Ghost? And a footnote. And this did the Scythian king in Plutarch's book represent lively to his eighty sons. When being ready to die, he commanded a bundle of arrows fast bound together to be given to his sons to break. They all tried to break them, but being bound fast together they could not. Then he caused the band to be cut, and then they broke them with ease. He applied it thus, My sons, so long as you keep together, you will be invincible. But if the band of union be broke between you, you will easily be broken in pieces. Footnote. Panserullus saith that the most precious pearl among the Romans was called Union. And a footnote. Pliny writes of a stone in the island of Cyros that if it be whole, though a large and heavy one, it swims above water, but being broken, it sinks. Footnote. No doubt a volcanic, porous product. End of footnote. So long as things keep whole, nothing shall sink them, but if they break, they are in danger of sinking and drowning. Remedy 3 The third remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell upon those commands of God that do require you to love one another. Oh, when your hearts begin to rise against each other, charge the commands of God upon your hearts, and say to your souls, O our souls, hath not the eternal God commanded you to love them that love the Lord? And is it not life to obey and death to rebel? Therefore, look that you fulfill the commands of the Lord, for his commands are not like those that are easily reversed, but they are like those of the needs that cannot be changed. Or be much in pondering upon these commands of God, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye love also one another. John thirteen thirty It is called a new commandment because it is renewed in the gospel and set home by Christ's example and because it is rare, choice, special and remarkable above all others. Footnote Some conceive it to be in Hebraism in which language new, rare, and excellent are synonyms. End of footnote This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. O no man anything but love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Let brotherly love continue. Love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And this is his commandment, That we should believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another, as He gave us commandment. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. O dwell much upon these precious commands, that your love may be inflamed one to another. In the primitive times it was much taken notice of by the heathens that in the depth of misery, when fathers and mothers forsook their children, Christians, otherwise strangers, stuck one to another, whose love of religion proved firmer than that of nature. Ah, that there were more of that spirit among the saints in these days! The world was once destroyed with water for the heat of lust, and it is thought it will be again destroyed with fire for the coldness of love. Footnote The ancients used to say commonly that Alexander and Hephaestion had but one soul in two distinct bodies, because their joy and sorrow glory and disgrace was mutual to them both In the footnote remedy four the fourth remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell more upon these choice and sweet things wherein you agree than upon those things wherein you differ ah did you but thus how would sinful heats be abated and your love raised and your spirit sweetened one to another you agree in most you differ but in a few. You agree in the greatest and weightiest as concerning God, Christ, the Spirit, and the Scriptures. You differ only in those points that have been long disputable amongst men of greatest piety and parts. You agree to own the Scripture, to hold to Christ the head, and to walk according to the law of the new creature. Footnote What a sad thing it was that a heathen should say, No beast." are so mischievous to men as Christians are one to another. End of footnote. Shall Herod and Pilate agree? Shall Turks and pagans agree? Shall bears and lions, tigers and wolves, yea, shall a legion of devils agree in one body? And shall not saints agree who differ only in such things as have least of the heart of God in them? And that shall never hinder your meeting in heaven. Remedy 5. The fifth remedy against this device of Satan is solemnly to consider that God delights to be styled the God of peace and Christ to be styled the Prince of Peace and King of Salem that is King of Peace and the Spirit is a Spirit of Peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Galatians 5, Oh, why then should not the saints be children of peace? Certainly men of forward, unquiet, fiery spirits cannot have that sweet evidence of their interest in the God of Peace and in the Prince of Peace and in the Spirit of Peace as those precious souls have that follow after the things that make for love and peace. The very name of peace is sweet and comfortable the fruit and effect thereof pleasant and profitable more to be desired than innumerable triumphs. It is a blessing that ushers in the multitude of other blessings. Second Corinthians 13, verse 11, and Isaiah 9, verse 6. Footnote. Where peace is, there is Christ, because Christ is peace. End of footnote. The ancients were wont to paint peace in the form of a woman with a horn of plenty in her hand. Footnote. The Grecians had the statue of peace with Pluto, the god of riches, in her arms. End of footnote. All peace and love amongst the saints is that which will secure them and their mercies at home yea it will multiply their mercies it will engage the God of mercy to crown them with the choicest mercies and it is that that will render them most terrible invincible and successful abroad love and peace among the saints is that which puts the counsels of their enemies to a stand and renders all their enterprises abortive it is that which doth most weaken their hands, wound their hopes, and kill their hearts. Remedy 6 The sixth remedy against this device of Satan is to make more care and conscience of keeping up your peace with God. Our Christians, I am afraid that your remissness herein is that which hath occasioned much of that sullenness, bitterness, and divisions that be among you. Footnote There is no fear of knowing too much but there is much fear in practicing too little. End of footnote. Ah, you have not, as you should, kept up your peace with God, and therefore it is that you do so dreadfully break the peace among yourselves. The Lord has promised that when a man's ways please him, he will make his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 16:7. Ah, how much more then would God make the children of peace to keep the peace among themselves, if their ways do but please him. All creatures are at his beck and check. Laban followed Jacob with one troop. Esau met him with another, both with hostile intentions. But Jacob's ways pleased the Lord. God by his mighty power so works that Laban leaves him with a kiss, and Esau met him with a kiss. He hath an oath of one, tears of the other, peace with both. If we make it our business to keep up our league with God, God will make it His work and His glory to maintain our peace with men. But if men make light of keeping up their peace with God, it is just with God to lead them to a spirit of pride, envy, passion, contention, division, and confusion, to lead them to bite and devour one another till they be consumed one of another. Footnote Theranese's sent a crown to Caesar at the same time he rebelled against him. But he returned the crown in this message back. Let him return to his obedience first. There is no sound peace to be had with God or man, but in a way of obedience. End of footnote. Remedy 7 The seventh remedy against this device of Satan is to dwell much upon that near relation and union that is between you. This consideration had a sweet influence upon Abraham's heart. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we are brethren. Genesis 13, verse 8 That is a sweet word in the psalmist. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to live together in unity. Psalm 133, verse 1 It is not good and not pleasant, or pleasant and not good, but good and pleasant. There be some things that be good and not pleasant, as patience and discipline. And there be some things that are pleasant but not good, as carnal pleasures and voluptuousness.
1: This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books.